Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand-new racing app for same-race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. For Kia, the Kia EV6 and Sportage. Cars of the Year. And Lumo SA. Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yes, hi there everyone and welcome to Sports Day on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Amazing, or Wednesday afternoon, I beg your pardon, after the terrible weather we had uh, yesterday. Ben Hook joining you, filling in for David Wildey. Joining me, filling in for Malcolm Blight, is the 2010 Malcolm Blight medalist, Richard Douglas. Dougie, nice to see you again. Okay, good. Uh, great to be back again. Uh, yeah, what a beautiful day out there. Yeah, cracking this afternoon. Hey, massive show today. Brett Maher to take us through everything that's going on with the Adelaide 36ers knocking off the oh, Phoenix Suns. i forward to that. I cannot wait to chat to him. And Izzy Bat Doyle, which is a remarkable story. Uh, young South Australian runner, distance runner, uh, 5,000 metres at the Olympics, 10,000 metres at the Commonwealth Games, ran a 2.28 marathon at the oh, Melbourne Marathon last week. It's nuts, isn't it? First ever marathon, fastest ever debut marathon by an Australian. So she can tell us all about that. Uh, Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. I'm going to have to study these guys. I love a tea. You, oh, a, yeah. you a tea drinker? Yeah, don't mind it, uh, especially of, a, of an evening. I like Off a green day. tea. It's got to be really weak. Or I like a lemon and ginger tea, and it's got to be really strong. Mm. But the green tea, I can't drink late because then I don't sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So I want to try out Char Time. It's the home of freshly brewed, brewed tea. Thirsty at Char Time, explore a ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. Um, just one thing I wanted to bring up with you today. I'm a golf fan. Ryan Fox has won the Alfred Dunhill links uh, on the weekend. So it's an event that's played at Kings Barnes, Carnoustie and St. Andrews, the home of golf. And it's a pro-am event. And uh, I noticed that Joe Root was in the field. Uh, so it's a professional's play with, with amateurs. Um, it's fascinating because Joe Root, of course, a champion of England cricket, he plays for Yorkshire, plays his state cricket for Yorkshire when he's not uh, when he's mm. when England don't have a game. Uh, Yorkshire had a game last weekend, and um, it, if they lost it, they were going to get relegated. And so the Joe, you're playing? No, not playing. I'm playing in the pro am event no. for the Dunhill Lynx, and of course, Yorkshire have lost <sighs> and got relegated. <laughs> I, and I actually was thinking to myself. What's the worst excuse you've ever heard for missing a sports event or missing a training or missing work or something like that? And call in 8223 or text us in 0437 693 What's the worst excuse you've ever heard for missing something pretty important? Have you any yeah. one of your crows well, mates? Always around the 2K time. Yes. Know, no one wanted to be there. You're hoping you get gastro or you're licking bench seats and all this, trying to get sick. But I remember one particular time when I won't even name, I won't name his name, but uh, he didn't rock up for the 2K. He wasn't there the whole day. And yeah. the club rang up. He was living with a host family stage. Um, and they called him, sorry, and said, what, why weren't you there? We had a testing, all this. He's like, oh, 
I went to the hospital today. I thought I'd do the right thing. I was nursing a, a child all day. I was really sick. It was a really traumatic day, and the mother was there. was crying. I just couldn't get away. I couldn't hand the baby back. Um, so, the, oh, yeah, that's a nice thing you've done. But, sick you know, you baby, You've got yeah. to get the training. But that's a good excuse. That's, yeah, that's reasonable. That's, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. So the club thought, oh, they'd do their due diligence. We'll call the host mother up and just make sure you look after this play. He's had a rough day. He's been helping a baby all day, and... Um, you know, just check, make sure his mental health's all right. And she said, what are you talking about? He's been playing the PlayStation all day. He's been at home. He hasn't been in the hospital at all. So he, uh, he, had, he got caught out there, but uh, he got out of the 2K. Eight double two three double o double o. if you've got a really good excuse for getting out of a, a training session or a game or something relating to work. There's just something I wanted to get off my chest before we move on with the show, Dougie, and that's um, the AFLW. I just want to get your understanding of what you think of the standard. There's been a lot of criticism about the standard. There was a a really uh, massively highlighted moment over the weekend when Nicola Stevens was running into an open goal. She plays for St Kilda, and this is what happened. So she missed from about half a metre out. I mean, it was probably a, 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 an indicative of all of the people who were saying that the AFLW is not much of a standard. What are your thoughts, Dougie? Firstly, I've done exactly that. Have you really? I just want to put that out on the table. Fancy oh. that, because we have right here <laughs> the Richard Douglas from 2013. Let's take a listen now. Out in front of Richie Douglas or Ian Callanan. Callanan takes it, gives to Douglas, gets clear, gets balanced. He hit the post. And huh? he's kicked that straight into the post. He couldn't. <laughs> he's missed from a metre out. And maybe not even that. <laughs> so there you are. Well, that's a stitch up it there. It was absolutely a stitch up. Well so the, that was against the West Coast Eagles in 2013. And uh, yeah, Nicola Stevens um, ran into an open goal and missed on the weekend. And everyone's saying, oh, AFLW is rubbish. But. A champion like yourself, Happens a club the champion. Best. Don't worry about that. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it yeah, it does. I mean, footy's a funny game, isn't it? There's always pressure around, and there's nothing, uh, no formalities. No, nothing ever seems too easy. But um, did you actually want my honest opinion with that question, or are you just throwing it? No, to no, no. I was just gag. <laughs> all I wanted to do was uh, throw to that audio. Can you remember back to that day? I do. That, I think it was the last game of the year. But the worst part about that was we weren't playing finals, so that led us into Mad Monday. And at Mad Monday, they had a big screen set up. We're all just sitting around having some beers, and they put that on repeat all day. That just kept running on the loop, uh, which was incredibly <laughs> embarrassing. But, um, yeah. Uh, mate, it can happen to anyone. Yeah. So, anyway, if you uh, if you reckon the AFLW makes some clunky, fairly obvious, uh, simple mistakes, have a look at my man Richard Douglas. It can happen to the best of them as well. Hey, let's get into a couple of footy issues. Uh, and, of course, things are moving with um, the trade period. Sam Fantasia will come in after the break and take us through everything going on with the trade period. Do you think there's a possibility that Adelaide might be – backgrounding and trying to have a crack at uh, Jason Horn francis Because they would have some trade capital, would they not? Looks like Rankin's going to go with pick five, and that yeah. deal should get done tomorrow. But do you think that Adelaide could offer up a player that Port Adelaide maybe don't want to offer up? So maybe, let's say, a Jake Saligo or someone like that. Could you offer up a Jake Saligo in next year's first rounder if you're trying to have a crack at Horn francis uh, You could, but I wouldn't. Jake okay. will be a better football than Jason Horn francis Is that right? There you go. Yep. Um, I think uh, they'd be silly if they're not doing a bit of research into Jason. Um, so 
So they'll be putting the feelers out there. But if he wants to get to Port, obviously his stepfather, Fabian Francis, was at Port. There's a link there with the footy club. Um, they probably won't step in his way. But uh, I think they would be a little bit uh, hesitant knowing uh, what he's been through at North Melbourne. I'm sure they might be a bit gunshy on that one because they're, they're trying to rebuild. They've put a lot of time and effort into that. Uh, to get someone in that uh, might be high risk, they might consider if that backfires, that puts them, you know, three, four years back. But Porter, they're probably further advanced in where they are as a list than the Crows, so a bit too high risk potentially for the Crows. Contracted player, uh, Jason Horn francis so it's going to be pick eight, which I think will get dropped out to pick nine, maybe even pick ten. Um, but they're probably going to have to throw in a player as well. Where would you? Where do you draw the line with the player? Because people are saying um, Riley Bonner. Uh, might be someone that North Melbourne would be interested in, but who knows? I mean, they might, they're, they're obviously chasing Zach Butters, which is, that would be a stretch, would it not? Uh, it would be. Yeah, it'd be a stretch. Uh, he's one of their best young midfielders. Uh, I think North Melbourne, well in their right to be, you know, wanting the world for Jason Horn Francis. You know, they've only got one year out of him. So um, they won't give him away. They've said that clearly. They still have him contracted. They don't have to. If he still wants to leave next year, they're still going to um, – clubs are going to have to cough, cough, uh, cough up some, some good picks. So You, you can't know, just they, walk into the preseason draft, can you, because he's contracted. He's contracted. So yeah. they've got all the power. A club will have to give up a serious player and draft picks to land him, no doubt. It's eight double two three double O double O. If you want to have your say, O four three seven six nine three zero six zero. If you want to text anything in to Dougie and get his opinion on all the issues going around football, just want to ask you a question. Just, uh, just have some thought about this. Uh, I'm just wondering: is there a bigger basket case in football right now than the Essendon Football Club? I mean, I just reckon that's a club that gets every free kick imaginable. They have most of their games in Victoria, Anzac Day every year. They've got a huge supporter base. They don't have to go to Tasmania. They don't have to go to Geelong. Now, only ineptitude could blow that up. And I reckon ineptitude has won the day at Essendon yet again. Let's just go through what's happened in the last month. Move too late on Ben Rutten for Clarkson. I know Ben Rutten's a mate of yours and he's a good lad. But if they were going to be serious about Clarkson, they had to move quicker on Rutten. They didn't. They blew up their own hopes, therefore, of getting the coach they wanted. They went through this ridiculous process. I mean, if you really wanted Ken Hinckley, I think he was there for the taking. You just had to go and make yep. him your guy instead of run this process. Appointed a coach and a board member. They appointed their coach and a board member goes public within a day saying that he disagreed with it. That's Kevin Sheedy, of course. They appointed a CEO had to resign within 48 hours. I mean, David Barham might be a brilliant TV sports exec, but there comes a point pretty quickly yeah. where you perhaps have to say, is this the right job for me? I'm interested in your thoughts. I mean, imagine if John Olsen oversaw that at Adelaide or if Koshy oversaw that at Port Adelaide. I mean, they would be run out of town within yeah. five minutes, would they oh, not? Uh, absolutely, they would. Um, so th that's the question, isn't it? Is David Barham's future untenable? Will he be there? Will he see the year out? And will he see the rebuild? Um these are questions that are obviously going to be asked right now, um, and I'm not sure the answers of. Yeah, uh, it's just continual mistakes. Uh, the supporters of members they deserve a lot better than this. They got Brad Scott, who I think will, you know, he'll rule with an iron fist. He'll be exactly what they need, uh, but he needs good people around him. And at the moment, uh, it doesn't seem he has that.
It's an interesting discussion period. We might get into a bit of a discussion about the way I think it's these these Victorian clubs just get so well looked after. I reckon that the salary cap needs a bit of adjustment mm. for the interstate clubs, and in particular the ones uh, up north: Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sydney, GWS. Trade up to continental tyres this trade period, and the Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. We're going to take a break, Doug. In on the other side, we're going to start to talk all about. Uh, what's been going on over the trade period today. Sam Fantasia's got his finger on the pulse, uh, our producer, so we'll bring him in very shortly. Don't go away. All the latest on Trade Week right here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year and Lumo SA. Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yeah, this is Sports Day with Ben Hook and Richard Douglas. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. And David Wildey would never do it, so I'm going to pump up your Continental Tyres. Tall, elegant and handsome, young man. Sam Fantasia joining us. Hey, just before I bring you in, Sam, I just want to play this little bit of audio one more time. Oh, no. Out in front of Richie Douglas or Ian Callanan. Callanan takes it, gives to Douglas, gets clear, gets balanced. He hit the post. And he's kicked that straight into the post. He couldn't. He's missed from a metre out. And maybe not even that. Last game of the season, 2013 against West Coast Eagles. Richard Douglas misses from naught metres out, hits the post. We were just doing a bit of research during the break. Uh, that was the last game of the year. The best and fairest that year, Rory Sloan, 71 votes. Richard Douglas, 68. Mm. Uh, if you had to kick that goal, that might have won you a second BNF, my man. Well, some say that is true. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I've never really got over that, to be honest. <laughs> some of the boys never uh, let me forget that, particularly about the best and fairest as well. Um, so I think I was leading the count going into the last game and uh, – that system that each coach votes gives uh, four votes. So Did you ever get the individual breakdown? But, uh, yeah, I should have asked. It. <laughs> but, uh, it was an expensive miss, that one. How much did a, a miss BNF cost you? Yeah, it was probably 50 large. Oh, anyway, wow. we'll move on. Thanks, I've had a I can now. tell you, yeah, you're not enjoying this conversation anymore. <laughs> it's time to do our Trade Radio update. It's a trade your way with CMC Markets. Visit cmcmarkets.com. Sam Fantasia, you're about to tell us all about a massive three-club trade that has been floated that will allow Port Adelaide to land North Melbourne's Jason Horn Francis. So it's an interesting one. It's just popped up on the AFL website. Um, basically, in essence, the proposed deal would see the power gain Junior Rioli, Horn Francis, the Eagles double their first-round picks, and North hold on to pick two as well as their current first picks with likely other picks involved. So there's obviously a lot to play out there, but... Yeah, it's interesting just to see this time of year how the clubs can sort of manoeuvre things and their draft picks and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Do you follow this stuff closely, Dougie? Uh, oh, it's hard not to this time of year. It's everywhere, isn't it? But um, it's a little bit complicated, I must admit, particularly throwing in the futures and when the point system comes into it. But and, that's and it. the salary dumps as well. Yeah. It's just another layer, isn't it? I mean, we've seen Jack Bowes. Looks like he's going to Geelong. Yeah, nominated. The They'll cash. pay his $1.6 million and and Geelong pick up pick seven. Pick seven. The reigning Premier is getting pick seven in the draft. Just... Just for, for getting a player. Yeah. They've got to pay a fair bit of salary as well. But they need youth in there anyway. So mm. it's a it's a win-win for the Cats. And Boys, how do you how do you see this one going with Port Adelaide and Horn Francis? Do you think they'll get it done in the next few days or will this go right until the death knock? Oh, for me, I think it's going to, yeah, be really tight. It's going to take a bit of time. As we mentioned, when there's three clubs involved, it gets a little bit tricky. Each club wants the best for themselves, obviously. So it's not it's not a clean-cut one. Um 
I don't think it'll get done. I think it'll just get too hard and uh, North Melbourne will just dig in the heels and say, no, we're not doing it because they can do it next year. Yeah, there you go. Eight double two three double o double o. if you want to have yours. Say Richard Douglas actually thinks that Jason Horn francis might end up at North Melbourne next year. Let's talk about some other Port Adelaide news. Riley Bonner in the news is possibly part of this trade. How did that play out, Sam? Uh, well, his manager, David Trotter, has actually come out and said he hasn't spoken to North Melbourne except for this morning where they both had a laugh saying, where's the media getting this? Because... Mm. We obviously haven't had a conversation, but Riley Bonner could be on his way out is by the sound of it. He's just been squeezed down the pecking order. Jace Bergline, Xavier Dersman, Miles Bergman. Although Miles Bergman was another one potentially floated in the Jason Horn Francis, but I think you'll hear a lot of the names, a lot of names over the coming days being spoken about in the Jason Horn Francis. Um, just on that with West Coast as well, they're obviously trying to get involved on the Luke Jackson trade. So it'd be interesting because that could even become a four or five club trade with mm. Luke West Coast, Melbourne, North, Port. Yeah, just as you said, Dougie, a bit messy and potentially another year to run any contract, you know just all, hold him. Do you know what all this does? This, I reckon this is the great way that all of these people who list managers have never been less accountable because no oh. one can actually follow where these <laughs> things go. Oh, there's, it's, it, the we've got a future pick huge, in it. it. Yeah, you can never quite keep up. Uh, just one very quickly, uh, let's reflect back on the Crows. Looks like the deal to send Billy Frampton to Collingwood's close. Close, a future third rounder. Also reports that Isaac Rankin could be done as soon as tomorrow. Actually, we've got some audio from Tim Silvers there from Channel 7 News if you want to play it. Uh, yes, let's take that right now. Yeah, we've been working really closely with the Gold Coast list management team over the last couple of weeks, really. We feel like a trade is imminent. Uh, he's been our focus over the trade period. We're really excited to get a, a talented small forward and potential midfielder to come to our club, uh, an ex-South Australian uh, to come to our club. And, yeah, we're hopeful a deal is very imminent. Yeah, so I've got to say, I think the Crows have played this very well. They've been open, they've been upfront, they've been honest, they've been down the line. There's been no ducks and drakes here. I think they've been really genuine with Gold Coast Suns. They haven't tried to stitch them up. I can't fault the way Adelaide's handled it. A lot of people are very critical on Adelaide with the way they draft and the way they trade. Their drafting, in my opinion, has always been... Very, very sound. There's been a couple of misses, of course. Well, it's a lot of first-round misses, but their latest selections, like Jake Salego, we were chatting, I think, on Tuesday, how they've had some of the best rookies, Ben Rudden, Nathan Bock, um, yeah. Simon Goodwin was a preseason selection. So there's some talent later in the draft to be found. I mean, we're going back a long way, but Marty Matner as well was out of a, um, yeah. a rookie yeah. draft, rookie. I, yep. I reckon, as as well. Uh, any more wrapped uh, going Brisbane on? have been very, very busy today, and you're talking about list um, managers not being held to account. Well, this one uh, can get a little bit confusing if you're not keeping up. Brisbane traded pick 15 for GWS's second round at this and next year. Okay, so we're talking about a pick of around about 25 each time. So yep. two picks at 25 for one pick 15. Then they've traded Tom Berry and the GWS second rounder in 2023 to the Suns. Right. Out goes Tom Berry as part of that deal, and the Lions receive back pick 25 and 36 this year. So the Lions have to play with. Remember, they need to get uh, Jasper Fletcher, son of Adrian Fletcher, and the son uh, Will Ashcroft as well. So they need a lot of draft points. They've got pick 21, 25, 34, 35, 36, 46, and 73. But the Doggies are also asking for two first-rounders for Josh Dunkley. Okay, yeah. So that does make a challenge for them. If you're giving up your first-rounders to get your points, you've got to find them from somewhere else. Yeah. Where, yeah. where does your draft capital come from? Exactly. If they can pull it off, they'll have an absolutely phenomenal period getting in three Jets in Fletcher, Ashcroft, and Josh oh. Dunkley. You learn your money there as a list manager, won't you? That sounds like hard work, but 
if they can do it, and they will give it every chance. But the priority over Dunkley must be the father sons because Ashcroft is an absolute jet. He's yep. going to be. He would be the number one pick in the draft, barring the father sons. So they need to get him. I'm having a crack at list managers, but I have enjoyed the fact that this year they're, they're getting on the front foot early. They're actually putting their proposals forward and they're trying to get deals done. I mean, so many times in trade period we'd see things just drift on for right up until you know the and and even one or two didn't get done because everyone was being so slack in the first week and a half so uh, that's the one positive about it all boys we've got to take a break because there's plenty coming up Brett Maher to join us very shortly to talk about everything that's going on with the Adelaide 36ers and their amazing win over the Phoenix Suns and then we'll chat to Izzy Bat Doyle as well Polaris Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand thinking Australia for making Polaris Australia's number one you're listening to Sports Day Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day. The week's open line, 8223 Discover exceptional customer service, week's homes discover different. It's Ben Hook and Richard Douglas talking to you. We're about to discuss what is, I reckon, one of the most amazing sporting performances of the last 10 years, uh, Dougie. The Adelaide 36ers, one thirty-four defeat the Phoenix Suns, an NBA team, by 10 points, 124 to the Suns. And when you talk about the Adelaide 36ers, you don't go any further than the three-time NBL champion with the club, Brett Maher. Brett, welcome back to Sports Day. Yeah, thanks for having me. What a performance, mate. I'm sure you watched it. Uh, were you as blown away as the rest of us? I mean, you know your basketball better than most. Were you as stunned as everyone else watching what was going on? I was, um, and just still trying to put in context. You look at the Phoenix Suns team, who were the Western Conference champions last year, and uh, just a super team. When you look at the names of Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, those three are legitimate superstars, and they played reasonable minutes against us, um, although their coach did kind of sub them out halfway through each quarter. But, um, yeah, for us to beat an NBA team, you look at, the difference in wages, they're at about 170 mil and we're at 1.7 mil. <laughs> so it's something like that. It's crazy differences. And, yeah, it's just such a, a, a huge win and just a really good uh, thing for basketball here in Australia. Brett, what can a win like that do for a, an organisation here in Adelaide? We see, obviously, getting a lot of publicity leading into the championship coming up. What do you think a win like that against an NBA side, as you mentioned, can do for a small little town like Adelaide and, and the Sixers? Yeah, well, I think it puts us on the map a little bit, both internationally and here. I think all the teams are certainly going to be on the lookout for us uh, now, if they weren't already. Uh, for fans uh, that want to come along and watch, they know they're going to get a top-class team uh, this year with the players that we've got. And um, yeah, over in the States, they've obviously got a lot of respect for Barcelona in Australia, but this just takes it to another level when you beat a team the calibre of Phoenix. I thought if we were going to win a game out of the two, it would probably be OKC on Friday. But mm. um, for them to knock off Phoenix, they're going to go into that with some red-hot confidence. And, I mean, if they were able to win two games over there, that would be uh, ridiculous. Do you expect Oklahoma City to, I guess, stand up and take notice, having seen what the Sixers did to the Suns? Oh, I think so. I think they would have seen that game. They'll know a bit more about our team than what Phoenix would have. They'll know... Obviously, that Franks and uh, Craig Randall can light it up from outside, let alone uh, DJ was on fire till he got hurt. They'll know Mitch McCarron had 16 assists. So they're going to know the strengths of our guys. And 
it probably took Phoenix till the last quarter till they actually started playing pressure defense on those guys and really getting out to them. And realistically, by then it was a bit late when those guys are just pouring in the points. It's it's pretty hard to stop. And first up, got the Jack Jumpers on 13th of October. What's your expectations for the Sixers? Obviously, externally now, there might be a little bit more uh, focus and expectation to do really well. What's the internally, what do you think the boys would be expecting? And, and I guess from where you sit, how do you see the boys' uh, chances this year? Well, I think they're really good. I think the Jack Jumpers, uh, I think everyone would have to agree they overachieved last year for a new team back into the league. They did superbly well, but. They've lost a few players. They've lost. They lost their first couple of games already this season, and uh, I struggle to see them reaching the same heights. But um, uh, yeah, I, I think Adelaide, if they can get back, get over the jet lag, they should have. I would think a comfortable win against them, and then uh, back up again on the fifteenth for another uh, home game. So um, yeah, it, it's going to be a really good season. I just hope off the back of these NBA. Uh, games that we don't lose a couple of players <laughs> over the NBA before we get started. That, that's one thing I you, you just touched on there, Brett, and I think it's worth just reflecting on. You said about jet lag. We're coming into the season basically uh, three weeks in or a couple of weeks in. Uh, can, can the benefits that you get from playing these matches be mitigated by the fact that you're going to have to condense your own season flying internationally? I mean, basketballers don't like uh, international flight at the best of times. I imagine there are some challenges that go with the benefits? Yeah, I think the benefits are huge, obviously, to play on that platform and get the experience and that opportunity on the biggest of stages is great and I think will galvanise the team um, a lot. Uh, But, yeah, coming back, they'll just have to deal with that flight. Um, They come in, our first game, as you said, is on the 13th, which is round three. Uh, By then, the jack jumpers who are playing play twice in round one, twice in round two, so it'll be their fifth game. Um, so they'll also be, you would think, getting into a little bit of a rhythm. So, yeah, it's not going to be all our way. But, yeah, I expect this team that we've got, um, they've got such uh, good depth in all areas that they'll be able to handle that. Hey, I just had to ask you about uh, your good mate, Scott Ninnis, who coached South Adelaide to their first local title in NBL 1 in 25 years. He's coached the Adelaide 36ers before He's uh, like you and me both, Brett. He's uh, he's getting on a little bit in years now, but I mean that is a, that is a stunning performance first year as a coach. Do you think he's potentially a candidate to get back into the top flight stuff? Well, it's his first year back in that league. He has coached and won two championships in that league before and done very well. He he re- recruited very well. He had probably I think two, if not the two best imports in uh, the Central Conference League. So he did great there, and uh, the Australian content obviously filtered around that really well. Um, yeah, I, I, it was amazing. Uh, it's all I've heard about from him, let's just say, <laughs> in the last four months. Something like that is legitimately, you can't get a word in it without something coming up about South. But it, it was a great effort, as you said, 25 years without winning one um, for such a big, proud club that was doing winning all the championships through the 80s and 90s. So, um, yeah, a really good effort. And can he go to, back to that level? I'm not sure if that's one of his goals, in all honesty. Um, he's set up his uh, premium wine tours, wine tour business, and that's going really well. And I don't know if he wants to get back at that level, but I think you never know. You win another championship, it might be back on his radar. <laughs> hey, just uh, one before we wrap it up, Brett. Josh Giddy. 
uh, will be playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder, of course, uh, taking on the 36ers on the, well, I think it's Friday morning our time. Uh, it's going to be great for 36ers fans to tune in and uh, and see our guys, but uh, see one of our former stars. Yeah, well, a number of our team have obviously played with Josh. They know how he plays, and he's shown last year that he fits right in on that stage. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that game pans out. As I said, I fully thought the Sixers might be a decent chance against them um, and not so much Phoenix. But now... Um, yeah, I think that'll be a really good game. And, yeah, I don't think OKC will be up in the finals this year. It'll be interesting. They lost um, their number one draft pick this season, unfortunately, to injury, uh, which is a huge shame because Josh and he were getting a really good chemistry together. But, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that game now on Friday morning just to see how it all pans out. But, um, yeah, let's hope the Sixers can win another one. Brett, you got any involvement with the 36ers this year? I have, yeah. Uh, both Scotty and I uh, run the uh, school holiday camps and there's still a few spots open for the October school holiday camps. If you want to get online and have a look, kids, um, you'll get to be coached by some of the 36 superstars there. And um, So, yeah, doing that and some of the school visits for the 36ers. And um, I'm looking at, I'm also uh, going to be doing a little bit of commentary this year back in uh, for the television for the NBL. So looking forward to that as well. Oh, fantastic. And nice that you just squeeze in there that you're one of the superstars that'll be doing the coaching of uh, all of those young <laughs> up-and-coming kids. Well, so the, if, other, the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> if we do have uh, youngsters listening in, want to be coached by Ninus Ma and all of the current greats of the Adelaide 36ers, you can just find that on the 36ers website? Yeah, just go to the website. All the info's there and, uh, yeah, you should have a really good time and get coached by the, the best players in South Australia. Brett Maher, it's an amazing uh, period of time. As I said to Dougie yesterday, I just can't remember a, a sporting event, a, a one-off sporting event where uh, an Adelaide-based team has done something as special as that for some time. Thanks for uh, taking us through it and your time on Sports Day. Yeah, thanks, guys. Hopefully we can get a championship this year. It'd be great. It wouldn't it just, yeah. Just to add to uh, the many that you won with uh, the club over the course of your journey, three of them, and I think there's, there's five for the club overall. You'd know, Brett, four or five. <laughs> oh, there's four all up for the club. I was lucky enough to be part of three, but that was back in 2002. So it'd be great to uh, notch another one up there, and this team looks like it's uh, around the mark. We are, Drew. Brett, thanks for your time. All the best, and uh, we look forward to uh, hearing uh, you on the broadcast for the uh, for the coverage of the NBL over the course of the summer. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Brett Maher, there, I guess, is thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. You probably, uh, being a Victorian and coming in a little bit later, probably didn't quite get uh, the full sense of what an absolute champion Brett Maher was in South Australian sport. I mean, he was front and centre in the two titles in 97 and 98, won one again as captain in 2002. Uh, basketball is a massive sport here. Is it something that you've followed closely enough? Yeah, I, I love going, absolutely. I, yeah, I missed out that. Uh, the golden period for the Sixers before I got here. But um, you can just see the loyal following, can't you? And often when they play some really good ball, it packs out there, doesn't it? Um, had a bit to do with Phil Smythe. He's absolute legend as well. And, and obviously Brett, he's had a bit to do with him with with Bungie as well. But um, we love our ball here, don't we? We really love our basketball. And when we're up and about, and it looks like this year we've got a good team. So uh, hopefully we can... 
keep them together and do well. It is an absolutely outstanding entertainment product, and yep. I know that that is a real part of it. I mean, the 36ers do it very well. Jared Walsh, of course. I mean, yep. he emcees everything, and he's a, he's a genius with those sorts of things. But getting into the entertainment centre and making it a real fan-based experience. I've got to say, we're talking about the Jack Jumpers. I went to game two of the NBL finals where they took on the Sydney Kings. I was very lucky to get tickets to that. Uh, And their match day experience is unbelievable as well. So if anyone ever gets the opportunity to get down to Hobart and see the Jack Jumpers, go and watch the 36ers first of all, of course, but uh, that is an unbelievable experience as well. We've got to take a break, Dougie, because we're going to catch up on the other side with Izzy Bat Doyle, who has just run the fastest ever debut marathon by an Australian. She's going to tell us all about it. The Olympian Lumo Energy SA, 100% Australian owned with energy plans and great local rewards made for South Australia. Don't go away. You're listening to Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year and Lumo Lumo SA. Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Final term here at Sports Day with Richard Douglas and Ben Hook. The week's open line, 8223 Discover exceptional customer service. Week's homes discover different. Melbourne Marathon last weekend, uh, Richard, and an outstanding performance from one of our favourite South Australians. She ran her debut marathon. She ran it in 228.10, oh, and it. I just shake my head at the oh. thought of that. Her name is Izzy Bat-Doyle. She joins us thanks to KO. Don't risk missing all of your team's matches at the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. Watch the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. Izzy Bat-Doyle, 228.10. That sounds like a pretty impressive number to me. Does it sound impressive to you? <laughs> yeah, look, I'm pretty happy with it. Thank you. Um, just take me through it. I mean, that is that was that beyond even your expectations? Yeah, look, I think I go into every race um, with a few goals. And for this one, being my first marathon, um, you know, anyone that's run a marathon would know there's a lot of unknowns to it. It's such a long distance. It's double what I've ever raced before. Um, So I really wanted to break 2.30. That was kind of uh, my goal for the race. And I knew that 2.28 was going to be a stretch, but it was in my mind um, to kind of get towards that time. So when I crossed the line and saw the clock, um, yeah, I was just really happy to get that to get that result because, look, I could have blown up at 35 kilometres and gone <laughs> gone backwards, but I managed to finish strong and really enjoy the experience. Well, just uh, for listeners who aren't quite sure, uh, probably heard the name Izzy Batdoyle, but not exactly sure where they have, um, made the Olympic Games. Um, you've been traditionally a 5,000, 10,000 metre runner. So to jump up in the last year, and obviously you've done some half marathons as you uh, referenced, but it's a massive jump to come off the track onto the road and to take on that extra distance. So how have you been able to train for that in the last 18 months? Yeah, definitely. So I went to the Olympics last year for the 5K and then this year I was lucky enough to represent Australia again at the Commonwealth Games in the 10,000 metre and the 5,000 metre, both on the track. And so they're both over in, you know, 15 minutes and 31 minutes for me. Um, so it's pretty short and, and sharp compared to um, a marathon. And actually, this marathon at Melbourne, um, it was a bit of a last-minute uh, go for me. So I only actually committed to running the marathon about six weeks ago. But I'm very fortunate that I've had a good base beneath me for the last two years. I've been relatively injury-free. So I've been able to put together two years of pretty strong um, running, not necessarily what an elite marathon runner would be doing. They might do a bit longer of a build, um, but I had the strength beneath me from all my track races and my um, my weeks of training that kind of w- enabled me to push through the season a bit longer and um, do my first marathon. Yeah. Easy. Well done. You've 
Obviously, as Ben mentioned, represent Australia at the 5,000 and 10,000. You've done quite well. Why the marathon? You must be mad. What are you doing yourself putting your body through that? Why have you chosen to run a marathon? Or is that something yeah, you want to pursue? It's an interesting question. And um, usually, you know, you stick to what you can do, the shortest, the best out. Um, but I've always loved running. And um, I just I seem to get better as the distance goes on. So I've had a lot of success on the track in the 5 and 10K. But realistically, on a world um, I'm not able to be as competitive as I'd like to be. However, the marathon really, it's you versus you or, or even you versus the distance. And so I like that mindset of kind of just bettering yourself um, um, every time you get out there. So I've been drawn to the marathon for a long time. I've always wanted to do one. I turned 27 uh, two weeks ago and it felt like it was the right time to give it a crack. I definitely think I'll keep running on the track as well. Um, but I do see myself having a future in the marathon and also, it's great to see that, you know, other women um, in the sport um, and, and men too are running well into their um, late 30s and early 40s. So um, that really gives me a lot of excitement that I could have a long career in this sport. Just talking to Ben off here, we both said we'd love to do a marathon, but not sure we'd ever be able to do it. Just run us through what a typical, <laughs> what a typical week might look like building up into that, uh, you know, running that marathon. You, you mentioned you're only six weeks out, you're committed to it. What would that six-week build-up uh, look like for you? Well, unfortunately, it started with COVID, so it was a pretty low week to start with <laughs> um, coming off Com Games. But normally, I would run about 140 to 150 kilometres a week anyway. I did get up to 180 kilometres in a week, um, my build-up, um, but probably on average about 160 kilometres. Usually, that's running twice a day, um, up to two and a half hours on a Sunday long run. Um, I do two hard sessions a week um, where I'm kind of doing interval-based training, some longer repetitions a bit faster than marathon pace, so, uh, you know, going pretty quick. Um, but realistically, the most of my training is 80 to 90% just running um, at a conversational pace, um, jogging with my boyfriend, Riley Cox, and my other, other friends that I run with. So it's actually a lot of fun. It's a lot of hard work, and I chuck some strength training in there too to stay injury-free and strong. Um, but, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of time on the legs um, and a lot of time thinking in your head. <laughs> but I love it. We're talking to Izzy Bat Doyle, the Olympian. Uh, thanks to Aussie Made. It's important to buy Australian right now. Look for the logo and be sure it's Aussie. You said, Izzy, that you like to run at 80 to 90% of full capacity. Now, there's uh, probably a lot of weekend joggers, shufflers like me out there listening in. Just give me, and I follow you on Strava, so I roughly know the answer here. Um, what is the speed per kilometre for uh, your conversation pace runs, please, Izzy? <laughs> Uh, look, they're probably around 4.20 to 4.30 um, <laughs> usually. Um, but, you know, you have to put it into con- context. My marathon, um, I run, you know, for 2 hours and 28 minutes um, at 3.30 per kilometre. Um, so, yeah, it's a, I, I jog at about a minute slower than my marathon pace. That's a, a hot tip for anyone looking to, looking to be running out there. Uh, 2.28 is, is verging on world-class, in particular for someone who has uh, running their debut marathon – um, you know, are you going to try and challenge the great Jess Denson for, uh, you know, potentially number one in South Australia, Australia, because you're in that ballpark now? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my time was actually the fastest debut by an Australian woman ever. Um, so I'm really happy with that kind of stat and that result really, um, I think, bodes well for my future. Um, I was relatively conservative in this race, just being my first marathon. So I'll give it a red hot crack to go a few minutes faster next time. Um, and I've got, yeah, big goals ahead, that's for sure. Hey, there's still hope yet. Yeah? You said you're 27, you want to get into mar- into marathons. 
Kipchoker, yeah. 37 years old, broke the exactly. world record. Um, <laughs> I feel that a lot of marathon runners get better in their early 30s. Is that a fair call? So this is, you know, going into your prime of your career with marathon running. So plenty of time left yet. Absolutely. I think the um, Australian team for Tokyo last year, we had Lisa Waitman, she was 41, Sinead Diver, she was 44, um, and another athlete, Ellie Pashley, she was in her, um, yeah, 35 or something like that. So it definitely shows that there's strength um, as you get older and more experience in the event. Uh, it means you're just a beginner, mm. uh, Izzy. <laughs> hey, Absolutely, I'm a rookie. Yeah, you are, you're on the way up. Hey, Iz, congratulations. This is an amazing run. We're so impressed, so proud of what you've done. Uh, Australian representative at Commonwealth and Olympic Games and now to run that marathon time is something pretty special. I know your boyfriend Riley's a darn good runner as well, but um, uh, you've certainly uh, – I reckon you've got him covered these days, Iz. <laughs> Uh, congratulations! He still on everyth- runs faster than me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all relative. But congratulations on everything you've you've achieved. It's amazing. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate the support. Izzy Bat Doyle, there, our guest. Five thousand meters at the Olympic Games, ten thousand meters at the Commonwealth Games, and now we're two twenty eight in the Melbourne Marathon last weekend. She is a superstar, South Australian. We are someone we are very proud of. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Dougie, that sees us out for another night, my man. Goes quick, doesn't it? It surely does. Big night tomorrow night. Big of night. course, the Redbacks are playing tomorrow as well. Really Come looking on. forward to catching up with how they're going. Uh, we're going to talk Adelaide United as well. So plenty to listen into. Hope to see you tomorrow night. Thanks for your company, Dougie. Thanks for your company too out there in Radio Land. We'll see you all tomorrow night. Bye for now. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.